0: Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me today for another episode of This Week in Benefits, a podcast from the team at Employer Advisor where we discuss all things employee benefits. I'm your host, Abby Dean, Employer Advisor's Director of Content. In this episode, I'm joined by friends of the podcast and Employer Advisor, Carrie Beam and Rebecca Williams to discuss burnout. Specifically, we're going to talk about the root causes of burnout and the top strategies for mitigating burnout for yourself, your team and your organization. We're really lucky to be joined by Carrie and Rebecca because they've actually conducted some really fascinating research around this topic. And they're gonna be sharing that with all of us today. So this episode has a little something for everyone whether you're an HR manager, a CFO, or just a person who enjoys smart conversations with an even smarter group of women. So that being said, here's my conversation with Carrie and Rebecca. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week in Benefits. I'm very, very happy because I have two absolutely wonderful people to speak with today. I have Rebecca Williams and Carrie Beam. Um, Rebecca, we'll start with you first. I want everyone to be able to identify your voices, but will you guys both introduce yourselves?
1: Yes. Thank you. So I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm out of
0: Atlanta, Georgia, and
1: I am the chief dream officer and founder of um, Unleashed Potential Executive Consulting and Advising. And in my firm, I do both coaching and I do consulting work in the areas of talent development. So leadership, culture, engagement, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And before that, um, for 15 years, I led the culture and engagement practice and served in various roles at um, Hewitt Associates, which was later Aon Hewitt, which was later Kincentric. And I was also the chief client officer there. So it's a pleasure to be with you
0: today. So excited to have you here. Carrie, would you introduce yourself?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And thanks, Abby, for having me. Um, I'm Carrie Beam. I am a coach and consultant, and I help leaders who are in a phase, and it could be a phase due to a transition of some sort at work or at home, but who are in a phase of redefining how they show up. So, how they set a vision for themselves, how they set boundaries, and basically how they get work done. Um, my background's in healthcare. I spent 20 years um, working in healthcare systems, worked my way up into uh, VP and Chief Strategy Officer roles, and Um, then jumped into independent coaching and consulting this year. Anyone who follows employer
0: advisors content closely will remember Rebecca and Carrie from a webinar we did. Oh gosh, a few, more than a few months ago now about burnout. And since that time, Carrie and Rebecca have actually conducted some of their own research around burnout. And so I wanted to invite them on to the podcast today to A, hear about this wonderful research they both did, and also to talk a little bit more about burnout for those who are less familiar. So um, Carrie or Rebecca, will you tell me and the listeners um, why you guys decided to do this research? And also if one of you could briefly define burnout, that would be very helpful. I feel like it's a term I, I know that I overuse when it is not correctly applied.
2: Yeah, so I'll start by just describing how we came about um, burnout and doing the research on it. And I, I feel like it, it kind of was presented to us, actually, in our original webinar with employer advisor. Um, one of the audience members asked us a question, and we were talking about culture um, in the workplace and the hybrid environment. And um, they they asked a question about burnout at the end, and um, Rebecca and I answered the best that we could with the information that we had on hand but it created a lot of curiosity within us to go and seek out some more solid and more vetted information about burnout and how to help ourselves and also how to help our teams through that Um, so that's really what drove us to to dive in and we ended up doing a bunch of research um, of literature so we reviewed as uh, much as we could find that was out there that's been published around burnout. Um, and when we started to get through that, we felt like there really wasn't um, as much meat as we hoped to find around solutions for burnout. So we found a lot about what it is and, and why we're struggling with it, but we, we didn't find as much about, okay, now what what do we do? Um, so we decided to reach out to um, executive leaders across many different industries um, and ranging, gosh, from directors all the way up to CEOs um, throughout these organizations <coughs> to get feedback from them about what they're seeing and what seems to be, to be working. And, and that really created all the content for the follow-up work that we've been able to do um, on burnout. Um, for Rebecca, was there anything... Anything else you wanna add about our process there?
1: No, I mean, I think that's a perfect description of it. Um, But I'd
2: love it, Carrie, if you could talk about the definition of burnout. Yeah, yeah, I will. There, There's um, many different definitions out there depending on where you're looking. Um, So we decided to go with the Mayo Clinic's definition of burnout and I'm gonna read it to you so I don't get it wrong. Um, They say burnout is a special type of work-related stress a state of physical or emotional exhaustion that also involves a sense of reduced accomplishment and loss of personal identity. So the Mayo Clinic really focuses burnout around that work-related stress, and they talk about it in terms of impact at work. Obviously, for everyone
0: listening, burnout has been a topic that has come up much more often in the past several years, especially in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. However, burnout is not something that is, it's not a new phenomenon. Um, it's just simply getting more attention. I believe the World Health Organization has a very similar definition to the Mayo Clinic as well. And what is most interesting about this is that it's specifically centered around um, work-related stress or the the idea of being at work and work causing this. Is that correct, guys?
1: Yeah, it definitely is correct. And the reason they focus it on work is a lot of the symptoms of burnout are actually very similar to depression. You know, the things like extreme exhaustion, feeling down, reduced performance. Um, but where depression really comes in is its low self-esteem comes in, hopelessness, and even suicidal tendencies. And That's why they're very careful about limiting it to work is because if you have those additional symptoms, then you need to reach out for medical help or psychological help, which is really important and and should be available through your organization. We really came up with symptoms and they fell into three broad categories. The first is you notice a shift in your attitude at work and this can include everything from difficulty concentrating to feeling disillusioned about your job to being irritable or even just an overall lack of satisfaction from achievements the second is your behavior at work starts to shift and you notice trouble getting started staying motivated that lack of energy to be productive you might find yourself in that behavior being cynical or hypercritical at work you also might find yourself being uncharacteristically impatient towards colleagues or clients and that's another group of symptoms and the final group are actual physical changes so you have changing sleep habits like you could be sleeping more or less but it's different than normal you're using food drugs or alcohol not to feel or to feel better. And the final is you have these like, um, unexplained headaches, stomach problems, or any other physical problems that you just, that can't go for anything else. And so you're starting to connect those with work. And those are just some of the symptoms that we see.
0: Mm -hmm. And like Rebecca said, those are identifying burnout seems like it would be very difficult because when she was first starting to go through that list, I was like, Oh crap. (laughs) (laughs) That was me yesterday. We've all been there. (laughs) Right. So I think identifying burnout is incredibly difficult. Um, And especially when you may already suffer from anxiety or feelings of stress or even depression. Um, Also, one thing I think that is interesting about discussing burnout and mental health and wellness is this especially in the workplaces this isn't something that a lot of people myself included would maybe have felt comfortable doing you know five or six seven years ago and so I think there's a real shift um I I'm assuming because of the pandemic but I'd like to hear from you guys too about why businesses are having these conversations more and what that kind of what you guys
2: think the impetus for that is yeah Oh, go, Carrie, please. So, yeah, I was just going to reflect upon the list of symptoms that you went through, Rebecca, and just comment that okay, we've got irritability. So, there may be tension between um, coworkers, we've got um, trouble getting motivated and getting started, trouble with focus. So we just think about the impact on productivity and culture that can come um, to an employer if they've got a number of employees that are struggling with burnout. So it's really hard for me to understand how an employer couldn't care about that because it's going to impact the organization potentially in a pretty widespread way if they're struggling with it um, at at a large scale.
1: And I also would say, just to add to what Carrie said, is um, the Great Resignation. One of the big contributors that they're starting to identify to the Great Resignation is burnout. So, in in terms of um, you know retaining key employees, we have to address
0: this topic. Mm -hmm. One of the things I really liked and I thought resonated with me when I was reviewing the research you guys sent over was. when you get to the sort of the top strategies for mitigating burnout and you divide it up uh, between for the individual for organizations and then for individual teams. And I like that for teams, the first two you guys have on there when we're talking about, again, strategies for mitigating burnout is being a role model and building trust because I think there's a real level of vulnerability and that you're asking employees to entrust um, that you're kind of asking for. And so being a role model, creating safe spaces, that it seems it seems like a simple thing to say, but that doesn't, it's not a simple act. It's a different kind of way of building culture. Is that does that all sound fair?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely fair. It's interesting. I was coaching with a client this morning, and we were actually talking about this exact topic is um. There's a great Harvard Business Review article that just came out on getting comfortable with vulnerability in the workplace, because we're going to have to get comfortable with it is basically the point of the article, Um, because we need this in order to build the trust. That people are looking for to be able to share what's really going on with them. And, you know, when you think about building trust, there was this um, article that came out in March called Leading an Exhausted Workforce. And they talked about, you know, we have to do things like share with each other how to practice self-care, you know, make sure that you're really bringing your humanity front and center. And I mean, when you say vulnerability, Abby, I mean, that's exactly what that is. And also normalizing and destigmatizing, making mistakes. Like I made a mistake. Here it is. Like and and it happens. And I'm going to admit it and let's talk through them. These are things as a leader that you can think about and making it okay to change your mind when new information comes in. I mean, we are getting info so fast. And then finally making sure that in that being a role model and building model, model and building, building trust, that we create an emotionally safe place. And say, hey, sometimes it's okay to say I'm struggling today. I was uh, working with a friend recently on a project and I was like in a great mood. I was like, let's go, let's move. And we got on the phone and I was like, okay, I've got all these ideas. And I was moving super quickly. And she finally said, hey, can we hit the pause for a second? Yeah. And she goes, Rebecca, I'm in a little bit of a rough place. I've got a major deadline. I'm struggling being fully here for you is there any reason is there any way we could look at this tomorrow we had plenty of time that was perfectly fine but by her admitting that we saved so much energy and her being vulnerable enough just to say can we do it tomorrow so we rescheduled did it another day and it worked out great so anyway just a little bit around that concept of just she was a true role model for me i thought
0: for organizations who want to address burnout, um, who see it or their managers are saying like, hey, like I, I wanna do something, we're not sure what to do. Um, what what would you guys recommend? I know you have um, some strategies for organizations specifically. Would one of you mind walking through some of those?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll walk through those and then Carrie, you know, jump in wherever. But um, I think the first thing, and this is something that came out of the research that, I, you know, Carrie, I'd actually love if you could dig into it now is up front, be proactive. Don't wait for the problem to start, but be proactive. Check in with people and understand the root cause. Carrie, can you share a little bit around the root cause and the work you did in that space?
2: Yeah, and I, for me, that was one of the most profound Um, learnings that I took away from all the research that we did was around understanding root cause. And I think that's true if you're talking about understanding um, your own burnout or your team's burnout or an organization's burnout. So, you know, the idea behind it is that the the symptoms that we're seeing of burnout might be very similar uh, across people or teams, but the root cause of that burnout might be different. And so the solution that you need to take is going to depend upon what it is that's that's causing your burnout? So it, it might be that you're um, you're too busy and you're not getting breaks, um, you're not taking vacation time or um, do, pr- doing self-care. It might be um, that there's some toxic culture in place or um, some unhealthy uh, leadership, things like that that are impacting and really um, creating burnout for people as as a whole. So. Um, so, so for me, that's a first step, um, at any level mm-hmm. and particularly for organizations to really understand what is it that's going on.
1: Yeah. I always get and so inspired, Carrie, when you talk about that, thank you for that. <laughs> so that's like the first thing, right. Is like, understand your root cause and be proactive. Like you, you can see when, like, especially if you've worked with someone for a long time, you know, you can see when they're getting there. The next is making sure you offer mental health benefits and that people know about them and where to find them. Often when someone hits a crisis, they don't think to look around everywhere for information. And so making sure that information is accessible is key. The next is that a lot of the companies we spoke with are actually going beyond mental health to making sure that they have purpose-based health, spiritual health, um, such as mindfulness activities, because true wellness lies when you have four key things. You have mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being. And so a lot of organizations are saying, we're going to have a time of mindfulness on Friday mornings if you'd like to join us. Or offering apps like Calm or Headspace that people can get access to. The Peloton app has great meditations. And they're like five minutes, and you can even choose a topic like, I need courage, or I need grief. <laughs> And they have them. They're awesome. I use them all the time. That may say a lot about me, but there you go. So <laughs> <laughs> another area we, we heard a lot about that enterprises are doing is making vacation, time off, weekends, even evenings, sacred. So things like closing early pre-holiday. And when you do well-being days off, one of the things they said is letting people choose a day off and everybody's different isn't helpful because you come back and you've got more work. So let's say the three of us were a team and Abby, you were out, then we would make an agreement. Abby, if there's an emergency, we are going to text you. So you're not checking email. If anything humongous happens, otherwise, don't worry about it. And doing the same thing on weekends and evenings, don't send emails. Um, A couple of other things that talked about was really thinking about messenger behavior and what that looks like. I mean, haven't you ever been in that scenario? You've got you guys have to answer this for me where you're trying to focus and you just see the messenger blinking and blinking and it never <laughs> ends. <laughs> You're like, ah, and so <laughs> I hear you laughing. So you must've heard yes. it. So it's, <laughs> it's creating something around that. So or even, you know, denoting like what it is going on. Like, you know, even for those of us who are working moms or dads or parents saying something like one of my kids is homesick. I'm multi-, like putting that on there. So people know, what's going on. And then also the other one that was humongous was rethinking internal meetings. So one of the things we talked about is we have over-rotated on video conferencing. Like we wanted to see each other and we get it, but instead to actually denote certain meetings as walking meetings so people could go outside and take the call while walking or eating meetings. I mean, how many times are you trying to sneak a bite of food and nobody watches you on video, you know, so it's it's really making sure. And then also we got in a phase where we didn't want to offend people by having them in by not inviting them to meetings. So we over invited. So being really clear on who has to be in a meeting and who doesn't. And also clearly defining the race. So who's responsible, who's accountable, who's providing input, et cetera, so that we know what people's roles are in meetings that's just a couple of the things that we talked about but for me and this is probably due to my background and culture and engagement and carrie mentioned this was not tolerating toxic work environments McKinsey did a study that they published in may and they looked at all of these different causes for burnout and the number one factor was toxic workplace behavior which is employees experiencing interpersonal behavior that leads them to feeling unvalued, belittled, unsafe. And this could be something like unfair, or demeaning treatment, non-inclusive behavior, it could be sabotaging, sounds so big, cutthroat competition, abusive mm-hmm. management, and unethical behavior. So really also making sure that we're not in a toxic. So I know that was a long answer, but there are a lot of things enterprises can be doing and
0: um, to really help their organizations. Mm-hmm. No, thank you for providing such an exhaustive list. Um, <laughs> Actually, when you were talking about giving um, having well-being weeks, I, 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 just remembered that I think Nike is doing that this week. Um, and for all of their global offices, they've been shut down, and it's their second um, ever well-being week. Love that. Which, yeah, which gives so all the employees have an entire week off without having to dip into paid time off. That's awesome. Which is wonderful. Um, one other thing, and this touches on the webinar you guys did too, but I'm assuming that being, with, well, with so many companies um, doing some days in the office, some days at home, or you being completely hybrid, that also lends a different sort of uh, complication to addressing or thinking about burnout in culture too. Is that fair?
2: I think that's totally fair because, I, you know, I think Figuring out how to operate at an optimal way in the hybrid environment is it's about engagement from my perspective. So how do you work from home sometimes and work in the office sometimes and have some people at home and some people at the office at the same time and get engagement across your team that's balanced is super important. And if that engagement gets out of balance, I think that can, that can contribute to burnout.
1: You know, Mm -hmm. Carrie, when you and I were chatting a while back about this, you told me a pretty powerful story about taking a contact center hybrid um, at the beginning of the pandemic. And I didn't know if you had any pieces of that you can share about how you managed through that because you had a pretty big contact center you were leading.
2: Um, yeah, it was it was a challenge, and I, I've talked to an, a number of other health systems that have gone through a similar transition with their contact center teams since that point in time. So I know it was, was not unique for me, um, but it it was um, it was incredibly insightful, interesting. And you know, powerful is probably the word I should say to understand how going home meant different things to different people, and them, um, all of our team members needing to figure out how to continue to get work done in an environment at home. That at that point in time, you know, early in the pandemic, um, we had our children. Uh, at home with us who needed to eat and needed to do schoolwork. And we had um, spouses who may um, be home with us. We had great um, variation in um, terms of tools that people had at home, whether they had a strong internet connection or a weak internet connection based on, on where they lived or the circumstances that they worked within. So, you know, everything was different and every person in their own home had to figure out how to navigate through that. And so us as an employer um, did everything we could to make sure that they had the tools that they needed and that they had some structure to lean on, but that we all had to understand that we're learning, like we're all trying to figure this out at the same time. So having some flexibility around that and knowing that, you know, during this, emergency, what felt like, you know, an emergency crisis period, um, that if you have a kiddo who comes up and asks for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the middle of your meeting, like, that's okay. That's like, we're all going through that at the same time. So um, I don't know, Rebecca, if that was what you were thinking about, but that uh, is, yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that story. So powerful and so practical.
0: So Carrie and Rebecca was when you were both doing this research, was there anything that really surprised you, or uh, you, or did you guys find something that was unexpected?
2: Rebecca, I think you should share your story about vitality.
0: Yeah,
1: thanks. I love that you say that. Yeah, so you know, we were sitting here doing all this research, trying to figure out how to solve for burnout. And it was really fascinating. I was talking to a master coach. His name is Paul Wyman and interviewing him about his thoughts on this. And he said to me at the very end, I said, do you have anything else you want to add? And and Paul goes, Rebecca, you're asking the wrong question. I said, what? He goes, the problem isn't how do you solve burnout? He goes, the question is, what is the opposite of burnout? He goes, vitality, resilience, they're just not talked about enough. He goes, it's, you don't want to sit at neutral. Don't you want a life that's full of vitality? And I was like, oh my gosh, I remember calling Carrie. We're asking the wrong question. And that for me was probably just the powerful is let's move beyond this. Like, let's not just go to neutral. Let's say, what is, what would life look like if we were truly living it as vitally as we could?
0: I love that. Me too. (laughs) I (laughs) I love that so much. (laughs) So in the coming months and years, do either of you have any predictions about how companies will address burnout or evolve to support their workforces more?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I really think that the pandemic has put pressure on organizations to really think about their cultures. And I referenced earlier that McKinsey study that was done on culture, and they asked a question that I loved, which is, what if we aren't solving the right problem? What if instead of asking, how do we fix burnout once it happens, we said, how do we prevent it from ever happening? And that goes straight to what Carrie talked about earlier, which is understanding root cause. And in the research that they did, um, this need to to make sure that we don't create toxic cultures. And for me, my prediction is companies are going to become more and more concerned about what is the culture we're putting forward. Because every company has a culture. It's whether you're being intentional or not. So. I really do think companies will look at that more. And I also think more, you know, when we think about the four aspects of wellness, mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual slash purpose, I do think that there's going to be more benefits coming around out around that purpose side, because we know coming out of the pandemic, a lot of people are saying, how do I live a life that's truly full of meaning? Mm -hmm. I think we'll see more work coming around benefits coming out in that space as well. Carrie, I don't know what you think what you think on that, but wanted to throw it over.
2: I so so agree with your comments and, you know, particularly the the part at the end about um, finding purpose and connecting to values. So I think um, personally connecting to your values and then organizations helping employees connect to their values as a driver for positive energy and vitality to steal your word, Rebecca.
0: Mm-hmm. Paul's <laughs> word. <laughs> is there anything that we haven't touched on yet today? I know we've talked about a lot, um, but is there anything that we haven't discussed that you guys think is really important to, to mention to all of our listeners? You know,
1: Carrie, I would love if you wanted to talk a little bit about what you can do at an individual level around burnout, because I think that's important for people to understand that they shouldn't just wait for their enterprise, that they too have some ownership of this. And I know you did a lot of work in that space.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great, that's a great point and, and a great way to end the, our discussion um, probably, because we, we talked about all these things that organizations can do and they do have a a responsibility and an obligation to support their teams towards that end. But we, as individuals, have a responsibility to ourselves, and um, we can't depend on um, other people or other things that we don't have full control of to bring us out of a bad space. So, you know, for your for yourself, if you're struggling with burnout as an individual, and um, we talked about root cause. So, first and foremost. To, get to the root of what's driving your burnout. And that's gonna help lead you to some of the solutions that are that are out there. Being self-aware and being proactive. So that might look like taking some time for reflection to really check in with yourself and where you are and thinking about what you can do to move yourself forward to wherever it is that you need to go. Identifying connecting to your values. Um, and setting boundaries and setting boundaries is one of those things that I think um, is easier said than done. Um, So connecting um, the discussion of your boundaries with an accountability partner can go a long way. So whether that's um, a therapist or a coach or a friend who you can um, say, this is what's important to me. This is how I'm going to respect my boundaries and they can help you um, think about how to do that and you know, call you out when they see that you might be slipping up, and, and helping to make sure that you're, I'm um, staying true to what what you need. Um, and um, Rebecca, you mentioned mental health resources, so um, uh, employers have a responsibility to get mental health resources in front of employees and help them know. But employees, you you have a responsibility as well to understand where your resources are and seek them out and use use them. Um, and lastly, I'll just say um, gratitude. Uh, I think we, um, um, as, a, as a society, probably have talked a lot about gratitude, at least in the circles I run. We talk a lot about gratitude, and um, I think it's easy for that to slip by the wayside when um, we're in a bad um, spot. So re-energizing your gratitude practice, get your journal back out, um, do your meditation, um, think about what you're grateful for, all those small things in life, and um, it's always surprised me how far that can take me when I, I lean into it. So that's what I got <laughs> for
0: everyone who is listening. How can they find you guys and connect with you and maybe even reach out for some coaching?
2: So um, this is Carrie. I can be found um, on my website at klbcoaching.com. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn um, or you can email me at kerrylbeam zero at gmail.com. It's k a r I L B A M zero at gmail.com.
1: Yeah. And um I can also be found on my website, which is um unleashedcoaching.com, unleashedcoaching.com, or I can be emailed at rebecca.williams at unleashedcoaching.com. I can be found on LinkedIn and my maiden name's Wilson. So Rebecca Wilson Williams, it's gonna be a little harder to find me sometimes with my common names, but I can be found any of those ways. Thank you guys.
0: I am really happy that you were both able to join us on the podcast today. You guys always provide such insight and such uh, just so much authenticity. And I just feel really grateful for that. So thank you both very much. Uh, Maybe when you guys do some more research, we'll have you back on the podcast again (laughs) soon to discuss.
1: We would love it. Thank you so much for the honor of being here. We we always love chatting with you as well. Yes,
2: awesome. thank you, Abby.
0: Thank you guys. I love talking with Carrie and Rebecca. So thank you to them again for joining us. I always feel like I learn a lot and I come away from the conversation feeling smarter, which is a wonderful feeling. (laughs) So thank you again to them. Uh, If you have not yet, please go and visit the show notes for this episode. They are quite full, including with a PDF of Rebecca, a sort of abbreviated PDF of Rebecca and Carrie's research. So definitely give that a look. If you have not yet, we would also really appreciate it if you could subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, all of those good things. And again, you can even leave us a voicemail message letting me know what other topics you would like to see. You can leave questions for myself, Rebecca or Carrie, and we will answer them. Thanks to everyone for tuning in and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of This Week in Benefits, brought to you by Employer Advisor. Employer Advisor is changing the way employers search, evaluate, and select insurance brokers. Our intuitive platform connects employers and employees to get great benefits and insurance plans by providing employers with actionable data to easily evaluate and select the best advisor for your company's specific needs. To learn more about Employer Advisor and our suite of products, please visit our website at employeradvisor.com and tune in next time. Thanks.